1: up guys welcome into good morning lambo my name is clayton you can check us out on packernet.com you can find me on twitter at packers underscore access you can email us packers total access at gmail.com you can text us 865-658-5824 i'm joined alongside tim live in green bay in green bay a, a chilly green bay it looks like up there this morning tim i know back home in tennessee i i got an update we had a little snow last night and it was something like 18 degrees i think so um Oof. up there in the in the valley in northeast Tennessee, but we're down here in Orlando, so uh, we're sitting at about 65 daily and sunny. It's what was that? Uh, You're sitting at what? About 65 and sunny. Yes. Oh 65. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I overlook it every time. 65.
0: 65.
1: That's that's right. Yes, sir. All right. Um, let's see here. Good morning, gentlemen. How are how are we this morning from Derek K? We got a we got a bunch of people in the chat, Doug. Derek K., Chris and the whole crew up in here. Appreciate y'all jumping on. Yeah, listen, this thing is rigged up. The, the whole broadcast may fall apart. I'm just being real with you. I've got a trash can with my lighting on it. I've got a light right above me, so it keeps casting a shadow for my cap. right? I went to Delmonico's <laughs> Steakhouse last night and had a couple of Patrons, and I'm just surprised we're alive right now. I'm being real, okay? Hey, so there you we, go. We made it happen. But you guys have never been to Delmonico's. I—that's my first time. Evidently, they got a. Uh, there's six of them, I believe, nationwide. Uh, there's a few in New York, and there's a few down here in Florida. So, uh, you go in, man, and it's just all Sinatra playing, and nice. murals um, on the wall. Mandy actually took a picture of one. It was Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Vince Lombardi on the same wall. Really cool, you know. Obviously, all Italian Americans. So uh, nice. But,
0: did you did yeah. you run into Mr. DeVito while you were there? We didn't
1: see DeVito or his agent there. No, sir. Uh, they were probably hanging out the, probably hanging out the Olive Garden. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've got several Italian friends back home. And, man, you mention Olive Garden to them, and they will throw something at you. They're like, that ain't Italian. Stop it. I'm okay. I'm sorry. No, it's Italian to us, man, coming from the sticks, bro. So, anyway, we got a cool little show set up for you guys today. Um, obviously, the plan is to go live tonight, too, so we're back on schedule. Um, hopefully we can go live tonight and then tomorrow morning, tomorrow night. And, uh, then Thursday morning, I'm hoping, and then be back in Tennessee to go live that evening as well. So it's, uh, it's been a good, good test, a good experiment. So when we do go to Lambeau and we do go to green Bay, whether it's this year or in the future, we're all set up. And, uh, it's pretty cool. We've had pe- people listening to the show, reach out and, and offer houses there close to the stadium and stuff, man. It's just, uh, it's really neat to see how, uh, how everything's come together. We got we got an awesome fan base, and uh, I, I don't say fans of us. I'm just saying fans in general. And we're all in here talking ball. Um, just Packer fans in general is really cool. So um, we had the PFF grades dropped, in, So I thought we would uh, we kind of dive into that. Um, there's some good, and there's some bad, and there's some really bad. And there's some ugly. <laughs>
0: no,
1: some really ugly. Um, let's just kind of hit the weekly first here, okay? And I may kill my camera a couple times because I'm on this little tablet here. We're going to be right up in the screen. Hopefully, I'm not too loud in the mic either. But anyway, here we go. You've got uh, the Tampa Bay game. Overall, the PFF grade for the Green Bay Packers was 62.1. Offense, 73.8. Great grade there, man. Really, really solid performance by the offense. Passing grade, 66.2. Pass blocking, 64.8. Uh, receiving grade, 75.3. I got more excited about that than any of them. Running grade, 63.0. Um, you've got run blocking, 66.5. So not a bad day run blocking. As a matter of fact, that was their second tied for their tied for their third highest run blocking grade of the season. Uh, defense, So that's where it gets ugly, 42.6. It is the worst defensive performance all year long by 14 points. Um, it looks like the Chargers, am I thinking right here? Not the Chargers. Which one is that, 56.3? Yeah, the Chargers game was the uh, was the other one that uh, was quite that low. Actually, 53.1, the Lions game. Let's see. Yeah, that's uh, it's hands down the worst defensive performance of the year, and you could see it all over the tape, all over the TV copy, everything. Um, run defense, 50.4. Tackle grade, 69.0. Pass rush, 66.2. This is the big one here, and this is the big talking point when you talk about the defensive side of the ball. Coverage grade, 30.7. And then, of course, uh, special teams grade, 67.9. So let's talk about the coverage grade for a second. Everything that we do on this show, um, it kind of has a purpose, right? Like we're – we want – yes, we want to interject our opinion, obviously, but we also want to get the opinions of others. You know, we try to lean on the chat for opinion. I put a lot of stock in the opinion of people who have been around professional football for a very long time, Um, more so the players and the coaches and the front office than the media members. But however, you know, Greg Cosell would technically be a media member. So, you know, I really, really appreciate what he brings to the table. I tend to kind of weed out some of the, voices that haven't been around very often I would be the perfect example of one of those voices I know people tag me on Twitter and they're like man you do a great job teaching I'm like listen if I'm the one teaching you you need to take a step back and go find Mike Wall go find one of these other guys because that's who I'm learning from right so with that being said the coverage grade what did we see happen Baker Mayfield absolutely cut them apart right cut them apart all up and down the field all day long Uh, a perfect passer rating probably arguably his best performance of his career, okay? So when you dig deep and go, okay, what happened on those plays? I know everybody wants to just dunk on Joe Barry. I think Joe Barry's time is is numbered in Green Bay. I think it's just – it's probably going to be the end of the year. They're going to cut loose. That's what I think will happen. I could be wrong, but that's what I see happening. I think that probably needs to happen, me personally. Um, but when you look at what happened with the specific plays, Andy Herman comes out. And, and again, Andy Herman, I bet if you asked Andy Herman, he'd say he wants Joe Barry gone, right? Like, guarantee you that would be his response. But when Andy Herman's pointing out that you have two defenders near a ball that went for a touchdown, and there's no way, shape, or form that he should have been able to just catch the ball, much less take it for a touchdown because of missed tackles and miscues and all that. He's pointing that out. You got Mike Wall pointing out on the tape, Devondre Campbell trying to communicate with Quay, and Quay not looking at Dre, therefore – Uh, Dre had to hug the outside hip of Chris Goblin, and he was expecting help from Quay. Quay's doubling up on a guy who's getting the defender on the opposite side is actually playing inside techniques. So essentially, he's blocking Quay from actually defending the guy that Quay thinks he's supposed to be defending in that that zone drop situation. That's a miscommunication. That's not my opinion. That was Mike Wall's opinion, right? Matt LaFleur comes out in the presser and says, no, I'm not going to fire Joe Barry. Matter of fact, we'll get to that here in a minute. We'll have a whole conversation about it. He comes out and says – we're not going to fire him because this is these are day one install problems is what Matt LaFleur said. Guys, that's what the tape shows. And I know everybody likes to dunk on the tapers right now. And you want Joe Barry gone. I get it. I completely understand the frustration. But that's you literally have Andy Herman showing it. You've got Mike Wall showing it. And now you've got Matt LaFleur saying miscommunication. It's a big thing. Miscommunication and blown coverages. Now, you hit timeout, Tim, and you say, who's responsible for that? At the top of the list, the head coach, then the D.C., then the position coaches, whether it's a linebacker blowing coverage or it's a, you know, D.B. blowing coverage. So, now you've got a fourth source that's interjected, and that's PFF going, hey, look, coverage was horrible. Understand, the coverage grade, when we show that coverage grade there, Tim, that's not PFF going, man, Joe Barry's bad at what he does. That's them watching the tape and going based off of the call and the current situation, what we think the call is and the current situation. This player failed miserably at his assignment. That's essentially what it's saying. Right. So, and I know there's some some blurred lines there with PFF because if they, if you know, if someone blows a coverage and recovers and makes a play on the ball, then he's going to get the maximum grade on that specific play. You know, it's, it's a little bit wonky how they grade, it's just another source that we got with a bunch of eyeballs taking a look at each individual play. So um, anything you want to hit on with anything I said there. I went on a little bit of a ramble, but I wanted to get that out there, that the reason that my opinion sits the way it does is because it's people all around the league that are watching the same tape coming up with the same exact explanation. And, again, that's not to say Joe Barry shouldn't get fired. It's just simply showing here's what the
0: problem is. But What do you think, Tim? Um, yeah, I agree. And I think uh, it's kind of telling that you're at, you know, week 15 here, uh, going into week 16. And we're talking about day one install issues. You know, that's like, mm-hmm. you know, and I know we our instinct is to want to point a finger, identify the problem, get rid of it, right? Well, I, I think when it comes to communication, you need, <laughs> you've got more than one party involved. There's a lot of moving pieces. So um, they clearly need to clean up some of the comms on, on uh, defense, especially, because um, if you look at our offense, it seems like the communication is improving. Um, you know, we saw issues with that early in the year, and, and that seems to have right. subsided. Um, we're seeing uh, Jordan and the boys, you know, hitting their, hitting their cans and their checks and their reads. But then on defense, you're right. We get a call and then, you know, the green dot gets the call. We're trying to communicate and, and guys just aren't they're not getting the memo so um that does that points to coaching but it also points to you know how you're playing out there on the field in the moment you know you've, you've got to keep your head in the game uh and um you know for young players that can be hard man there's a lot of a lot of distractions you know uh, by design <laughs> dis- distractions not to mention you know the ones that just come with you know suiting up and playing on sunday so this is it's a communication issue you know joe Barry keeping his job aside um, it's still something that we need to work on for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I know we got a couple comments here in the chat about Devondre Campbell tweeting. We'll, we'll kind of show that tweet. I just screenshotted it actually. So we'll bring it up on the screen here in a second. Let's go to the chat real quick. as we we're talking about this. Uh, Chris or Doug in the chat here says, um, there were at least three plays where Baker whistled a ball right by Quay or Devondre's head for a completion in a seam. Yeah, one of the plays, Matt LaFleur specifically talked about them being in Tampa, too, and Baker just fitted in the perfect spot. There was a lot of blown coverages. There's no doubt about it, right? And and you guys know Dre caught a lot of flack during this game, uh, Dre Campbell. And uh, I I tend to always try to fall back to, hey, look, man, the guy's playing through injuries. Now, is that on the coaches? Is that on him? You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm of the opinion if you're not 100 percent, nobody in the NFL is 100 percent. Don't get me wrong. But if you can't play the full potential, then you're probably going to hurt the team. You know, let's let's kind of err on the side of caution there. Essentially, a decent backup might play better than a good player who's playing at, you know, 60 percent, 70 percent. Right. I mean, we've all been there. So um, I'm always trying to cut the players some slack on this pod for sure. Uh, Nick McSwain in the chat said, I wonder if position coaches are the bigger issue. Um, I don't know if it's the bigger issue. And and Chris actually responded to Nick and said, they definitely aren't innocent. Yeah, I mean, there's – it's the boring argument, guys, but there's enough blame to go around, man. Um, There was times this year when the offense played bad early in the year. We forget about that. You know, the defense was kind of carrying the team early. Now it's kind of flipped. The offense is looking pretty good, and the defense is struggling. Um, there's plenty of blame to go around. But as far as the position coaches, Tim, I know we kind of talked about that and not to throw any specific name under the bus. I think they've kind of gotten a pass this year, man. You know, Barry is, is kind of taking every every punch on the chin, and we haven't even mentioned that. Okay, who – Barry's not out there teaching them co- uh, technique, guys. He's not out there teaching them how to play man coverage, catch man, mirror match, press man, press man, not, not showing them how to play exactly in quarters and this and that. Those are the position coaches. You guys remember – uh, Jair Alexander said early in the year the cornerbacks coach that they bring in was it from Arizona or Houston one of those teams um it was Greg I think Greg Williams because I immediately went, oh, crap. Yeah, I immediately thought Greg Williams from New Orleans the guy who got suspended for bounty gate no 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 it's <laughs> a different Greg Williams. <laughs> Jair said they brought him in yeah my twist itself I got excited about that right but anyway um, that says a lot about my personality and how I think defense should be played. <laughs> I was the guy getting thrown out of games for throwing dirt in people's eyes, breaking up double plays. <laughs> um, so uh, Greg, he, Jair says Greg Williams was brought in, right? And he said that's one of the things they're trying to convince me. I like to line up off the ball, and he's trying to, you know, get me to commit to lining closer to to the line of scrimmage. Everybody went, oh. You the people who hate Joe Barry, they just kept their mouth shut and moved, kept it moving. Nothing to see here. But the ones who were trying to actually uncover the, OK, what's actually going on with the alignment, it proved to you that they're giving them freedom to line up where they want to line up, which has been said by Lafleur, Jair, everyone. I don't like that approach. And that is on the D.C. And you need no. to go to a player, even if it's at Jair's caliber, and go, listen, bub. you can line up where I tell you to line up, you know. Now I know immediately people will say, I think Joe Barry's lying about that. Okay, I, I respect your opinion, you know. I, I like to take people at their word if you can. So, yeah, Nick, I, I think the position coaches have kind of gotten a pass. And, and again, I don't want to get on here and start name-dropping people and going, ah, yeah, he's the one to blame. There's enough blame to go around.
0: And, man. and when we talk communication, you know, Joe Barry, all he can do is sit up in the booth and, you know, bark an order into the into the microphone. It's going to go down to the field, right? And then it's got to get translated to the players, you know, and it's got to – so, yeah, break. like I said, communication is more than one one way here, guys. So, you know, I think it's a little bit of uh, multiple parties that are responsible and and, uh, position coaches, sure, when we're talking about technique and, you know, things like that. But as far as communication, there's other people on the staff who, you know, You have a hand signal or there's there's a backup process in case we lose, you know, headsets or or our comms. How can we get the play called old school like it's, you know, back in the day when we're just, you know, calling sets or we're, uh, you know, visually using signals. Um, (laughs) So that's something that's got to that's got to be shored up here. Um, And because bottom of the line is, is, you know, if you're talking about making a run at the playoffs like we were just a few short weeks ago. Um, you've got to have stuff like this shored up because if you go into a playoff game with communication issues, it's going to be a long day really quickly. So um, I think it's, um, you know, this is an issue that can be corrected uh, by committee. It's got, it's on the players. It's on, it's on our DC. It's on our position coaches. It's on, uh, you know, the guy making, you know, five grand a season to wave his hands around, whatever it is, you know, there, there has to be, you know, I don't know if they need to huddle up you know, and have have a, have a chat if we need to have a walkthrough that's, you know, stressing communication. But, you know, regardless of what you're doing on the field, if you don't know what's going on, you know, if you're doing the Rudy Ford, like, hey, what are we doing? It doesn't matter what your effort is. It doesn't matter what your technique is. If you're out of position to begin with and you're not, you, you know, you're not keeping your work in front of you as we as we've talked about. So, um, you know, be interesting to see how they approach this going forward. Uh, heading into Carolina
1: yeah yeah for sure man um so ssdd in the chat says look at Devondre Campbell x post from today the locker room is lost here's what I love about doing this show I hadn't seen that and this is just Mm -hmm. another example of the listeners the viewers making the show better because you guys are your finger is on the pulse you know by the second I actually just screenshotted it when you said that so let's pull it up here real quick um So Devondre Campbell tweeted out about 34 minutes ago, roughly 40 minutes ago now, not going out of my way anymore, and I'm not playing through injuries anymore because when poopy (laughs) goes wrong, they always use it against you. I'm treating everyone accordingly and giving them the same energy they've given me. Focus on yourself and your mental 59. You owe it to yourself with the handshaking emoji. So um, what have we said the last few weeks? And I try not to be, though, I told you so. That's not the point. Like, something's off with Dre. You could tell. And it's like, okay, has he hit the wall? I don't think so. He's not old enough to have hit the wall. But, you know, when we bring him in, we, we talked about it yesterday. Has he – is he kind of returning to that baseline that he played at before he got to Green Bay? Was that the anomaly, him being an all-pro? I hope it wasn't. But then, okay, what other factors are coming into play? You got injuries, right? Dre – Dre's seen the criticism. That's why it's so important on Twitter. People don't want to hear it. They're big boys. They get paid a lot. I got you. But guys are watching everything. Does it make your team better when you go on and just start trying fire this guy, cut that guy? If, if we listen to Twitter, right, early in the year, Jordan Love would not be the quarterback. And he's probably the most exciting aspect of this team right now. So, that's why you just got to kind of watch what you say. And 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 there's some people with a huge following that go on these drunken rants, and it's like, man, that's not helping things, guys. It's not, you know.
0: Um, I it, you know, and I wonder... put... go, ahead. Oh, go ahead, Clay.
1: No, I was just gonna say, I, I put up a post just asking, hey, what's up with Jair? When did he scrub this Instagram? And I got crucified for it. And then there's other people who are out there screaming, fire this guy, cut that guy, he's trash, he's garbage. And people are like, "Yeah, do it." I'm going. How did I get <laughs> criticized for simply asking how long has Instagram have been like this? Yep. So anyway, it's uh, it's wild out there in the Twitter streets. Some people they they continuously tweet out, "Tim, Twitter's not real life." I'm starting to believe it, man. I'm starting to believe it.
0: <laughs> I'm wondering who the they is though that he's referring to. You know mm-hmm. that that may not necessarily be us dirtbags in social media. You know, I'm wondering, maybe I'm reading this wrong, but it's like, well, when stuff goes wrong, they always use it against you. You know, I'm not playing through injuries anymore. Does that mean that they they did film yesterday and today? And they're like, Dre, you missed this or why aren't you getting to the flat? And then he's like, well, I've got two bummed ankles. You know, my neck's not feeling great. And so I went out and tried to play and now you're going to drag me. And this may echo the, the same sentiment we talked about with Ja. You know, yeah, Josh said right. he wants to put his best foot forward, be 100%. If I can't, I don't want to go and be a liability and then come in the film room on, on Monday and get dragged in front of the team about my play. So that I could be reading that wrong. But clearly, you know, I don't know if I want to go as far as the locker room's lost. <laughs> but, man, we are, we're we're getting near near that range right now when you see stuff like this. See, I, I didn't – It's
1: it's what's so important to have a conversation about like we are. Because you get two different perspectives, and I didn't look. I looked at it like he's talking about social media. When, as you were explaining what you said just now, Tim, immediately popped popped in my head was Mike Wall when he came on the show. One of those times he came on the show and we talked about scheme. And one of the issues he had with Lafleur is this is nothing that scheme can't fix. Is kind of their approach. Mike was turning on the tape and seeing this is all fundamental stuff. They're not working on fundamental. I what are they even working on? Like he was yep. that in that angle. And he said, there's been many times that we would sit in the meeting room and someone would, you know, they'd draw the, the position coach, the offensive line coach would draw up on the board, here's the play we're going to run. And one of the linemen would raise their hand and go, hey, I can't, I can't make that block. I can't get to that point. And, and the response would be, well, the OC wants to run it. So we're going to run it. Like we can't, you know, this is, he's, he's the guy. Okay, got gotcha. you. And then they would go out. They wouldn't reach that block. They'd come back in the film and go, what happened, dude? You didn't get to your guy. And he's like, I told you I couldn't get to the guy. <laughs> like, there's no way I can make that happen. That's the first thing that popped in my mind, Tim, as you were explaining that perspective. So good stuff, man. Appreciate you uh, giving your opinion there. Um, so passion, drive, and
2: patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase.
1: There you go, man. Um, for what it's worth, that was the tweet. And again, I can't remember who uh, posted in there um, about the tweet, but I really appreciate you bringing it up. Gosh, I want to give credit. Well, it's on the screen in just a second. Well, it's right there, SSDD. Thank you so much. I didn't realize it was still on the screen. Appreciate you bringing that up, man. I had I had missed that tweet. So um, let's do this since we're kind of on this topic and the miscues and all that. Let's go to defense first with the D- defense PFF grades. Right. And uh, and kind of lay those out real quick. Let me get that comment off. All right. So I'm going to kill the camera here in just a second. All right, so when it comes to PFF defensive grades, hopefully I'm not screaming in your all's ear. I'm real close to the mic here. Kingsley and a ninety point seven. Only twenty five snaps, but ninety point seven pass rush grade of ninety three point four was just getting after the quarterback. Kingsley, you just see a very high ceiling and a very low floor. It's like you don't know what you're going to get. He's he's had a like two or three elite graded games, and then there's several where he was in the red, um, or at least in the in the in the orange, I should say. Um, T.J. Slayton, 69.0. So, you see, we had one guy that graded out above 70, and everyone else graded out below 70, right? T.J. Slayton, 69.0. Lucas Van Ness, 68.3, only 26 snaps. But, dude, he is looking like the real deal. When you look at the PFF grades, his tackle grade, 74.0. You've seen that all over the college tape. When we drafted him, you guys know I did a Chalk Talk episode breaking down his college tape, and that was the big thing, was he was just so sound in tackling. He was good at setting the edge. He was good at run defense. He he was just stronger than everyone else on the field, faster than everyone else on the field is why he was a good pass rusher. And we knew he wouldn't be able to bully people in the NFL right out of the gate. But sitting at a 60 with a pass rush grade, still not nothing horrible. But, again, 68.3, your third highest graded defender. Jonathan Owens had a game, uh, 66.3 overall grade, tackle grade 85.0. He was tackling like crazy out there. Uh, Rashawn Gary, 62.4 grade, tackle grade 34.3. Bad day at the office for Rashawn Gary, no doubt about it. Kenny Clark, 62.0. Anthony Johnson Jr., only four snaps, 60.7. Preston Smith, 55.0. So here you're getting into the the bad part, right? Rudy Ford had a tackle grade of 84.6, but that's the only thing he did decent. His run defense was horrible. His run fit. Um, he played 62 snaps. That's what we wanted, 51.0. I've got to eat crow here, Tim. i got to sit here and say, you know what? I was the one screaming for Rudy Ford, and – uh yeah, he, uh, he came out and and, uh, and and really didn't perform. So I was wrong on that one. And uh, you could kind of see it on the tape, too. I haven't focused on him too much on the tape, but you can see he wasn't – you know, he didn't have the impact that he had before they benched him, you know, earlier in the year, at you know, after the injury, all that stuff. Carl Brooks, 50.1. Devondre Campbell, 49.0. Tackle grade of 28.9. Obviously, we showed the tweet. Trey's basically saying, man, I'm playing through injuries. Get off my back. <laughs> you know, Keyshawn Nixon, 48.1. He just continues to regress. Eric Stokes, 46.8. I'm going to talk about him in a second. Uh, Corey Ballantyne, 46.0. Carrington Valentine, 34.4. Quay Walker, 29.5. And when you look, the reason these grades are so low, so low, guys, coverage grades, Quay Walker's coverage grade, 28.3. Carrington Valentine, 40.4. Corey Ballantyne, 39.6. Eric Stokes, 40.7. Keyshawn Nixon, 44.9. Devondre Campbell, 51.7. It goes hand-in-hand, Tim, with what we talked about, man. Um, you've got Andy Herman pointing it out. You've got, uh, you know, Mike Wall pointing it out. you got Matt LaFleur saying it as a presser. And now PFF is looking at the tape going, man, their coverage is due to – Again, it doesn't give Barry a pass, but it simply shows you these guys it I, I don't want to throw these kind of comments out there, but when people were talking about losing the locker room and this and that, Tim, to, to me it felt like that team did not want to play for this coaching staff on Sunday, man. That's just how um, I feel. What do you think, man?
0: I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna argue that. Um, I don't wanna believe that. I don't think any of us wanna believe that, but you know, if you see it you gotta say it right, Clay. So yeah. Yeah, and it, it's disheartening. Can you pull that last chart up real quick? Because yeah, absolutely. You know, when we look when we look down there towards the bottom, you know, I guess I mean you could throw Dre in this conversation too. But Dre, Keyshawn, Stokes, Valentine, Valentine, and Quay there <clears throat> there's a group of guys right there that were putting this defense to cover. You're you're literally absolutely. being paid. That's what it's you're here Preston to
1: do. Right? What impressed the Smith back there? Yeah.
0: So, so, you know, you're not covering that. And then we look at our guys that, you know, you see J.O. J.O.'s here to lower the boom. You know, he was brought in here to hit people and he's doing that. His grades, you know, I'll take that every week out of him. You know, you're going to finish with a, you know, 60s or, you know, high 60s, low 70s you know, you're in the eighties with your tackling. Yeah. Your coverage is in the low sixties. Well, we didn't, you're not a cover guy. We know why you're back there. You're back there to lower the boom and finish these plays and, you know, help with some of these run fits, these kind of things. Um, But when you see guys that are literally there, that's like, your like, not your number one job, but for some of them, it is, it's your number one job to cover guys in this, in this defense. And so when you see low, I mean, glaringly low coverage grades, that's what's disheartening. And that's what makes, you know, our head go to this. Do they even want to be out there? You know, because covering the guy takes effort. You got to want to run with him. You got to want to beat him to the spot or, you know, you got to want it. So I don't, I don't know, but um, I don't know about the locker room being lost. But if if it's not, it's getting close. It it seems like, honestly, Um, you know, in situations like this is where you're looking for a veteran to step up and put his foot down and take command of that locker room and say, enough, Uh, you know, we got three games left here. Uh, Let's play some solid football before the season's over and go out on a high note. Um, And I, I haven't really seen that, you know, so I don't, I don't know. And if I got news for you, if it's lack of faith in in the staff or they don't want to play for this, this, this coaching staff, then it ain't just Joe Barry. That's the issue. And I'll just say that.
1: That kind of lends credence to the people that want to fire Joe Barry too, though, you know, because you 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 know I'm a big history nerd. The first is I don't mean to laugh. This is the first thing that popped in my mind. You know, if you follow the JFK assassination any at all, right? You'll you'll you know that pretty much when they made an assassination, you know, boards committee, they pretty much they pretty much confirmed back in the seventies that there was a conspiracy to murder JFK. Right. So whether you believe that, you still think it's a conspiracy theory or what have you, you know, I know this isn't the pod for, but the first thing that popped in my mind was when, when Bobby Kennedy was assassinated, there was an, uh, a mafia member that was quoted as saying, you know, because Bobby was trying to dismantle the mob at the time and organized crime. He said, you know, uh, basically said, if, if we, if we, Cut off the tail, the dog will bite the head will bite us. But if we cut off the head, the tail will stop wagging. He was talking about getting rid of JFK over Bobby Kennedy. That'll take care. It's the first thing that popped in my mind because people right now are saying you get rid of Joe Barry, you're getting rid of all the position coaches too. Most likely, you're not going to keep those guys, right? So right. Um, you're going to you're going to basically cut off the head, and the, and the tail goes with it. Um, so it'd be a whole new staff if they do move on from Barry. And, and I, again, everything we're talking about here. It goes hand in hand with it, guys. Like, that's that's probably going to be the right move is just to make the change. It's just when's it going to happen. The people that thought Barry's going to get fired yesterday, um, you know, would I have been surprised? Probably not. But these people that were just so sold on Barry's going to be gone, it just – it's like you, you keep listening to the same people over and over and over and they've convinced you this is going to happen because that's what their emotionally charged tweets, comments, post-game, you know – and stuff want to happen, you got to be kind of realistic in that regard. Um, I know it's not a like I said, it's probably a boring response, but it is what it is. Dead fish in the chat says, "I thought, I thought for sure Campbell was going to pick that ball off and take uh, for for six for a pick six, but he just missed it, and it went for a Tampa touchdown instead. A fourteen point swing. What did we lose by? Game of inches. There you go. That's you know, I, I didn't even think about it being a fourteen point swing, but that's exactly what that play was. You know, not that you could ever bank on someone having a pick six. But man, there was a lot of green in front of them. There's no doubt. Reef in the chat said, "Panthers team was a good mix of has a good mix of veterans and rookies. They might have a bigger urgency than the Packers. What do you guys think? I think uh, just like every other week, Reef. Um, again, it's not a popular opinion, but I mean, any given Sunday, dude, anything can happen. The Packers could come out and drop a forty burger and and blow them out. That wouldn't surprise me. The Packers could lose in a close one. That wouldn't surprise me. Right now, there's no doubt about it. This locker room is a little bit in shambles i mean i think we would all agree with that there's something off in the locker room it has been for a while now um paul robertson in the chat said eric stokes was awful and him playing a large percentage of snaps further submits my belief that this is strictly a development rebuild evaluation year everyone is sold on stokes being a great player and i'm not here to dog on stokes because he had one bad game you guys know that going into the off season, I was of the opinion. I didn't think Stokes was like, like, what has he shown us? Okay. His rookie year, he graded out in the sixties. The tape showed inconsistencies. I didn't like his ball tracking skills. Um, he's supposed to be a man cover top corner, you know, elite athlete. He's one of those high RAS guys. When we drafted him, no one was like, yeah, we got Eric Stokes. There were several people like, okay, why? Do- oh, yep. There it is. High athletic score. But None of that means a hill of beans if when you're playing man coverage, you can't turn around and track the ball. And that was the big knock on him uh, his rookie year and going into a sophomore year. People forget before the injury, he was grading out in the 50s on PFF. Like he was playing bad, really bad. And it's like, okay, could be a sophomore slump. Now the injury sets him back. Now he's back from the injury. He comes out and played played really bad and then went to the coaching staff at halftime from what I understand or in the third quarter and said, I can't do this. I guess he's still hurt. So, he took himself out of the game. Some people look down on that. I respect that. If you realize I'm not helping the team, be the bigger man and go, all right, rather than maybe I can just hide back here and still pretend like I'm playing at an elite level. I think that's a good team player move. But whether it's uh whether it's being a good team player or not, I man, you got to perform on the field. You know,
0: they all do. So uh Chris. Imagine check- a guy sitting on IR for eternity and then he comes back and plays bad. You know, right, yeah. that, that's what all I, I mean. Like, you know what <laughs> right. I mean? I yeah. was actually shocked that he started. When I saw mm-hmm. that, I was like, wow, they're starting them. Right. And then look what happened. So I, I'm I'm with you, though, Clayton, too. I don't, um, you know, there were things that, that were before the injury that were uh, issues that needed to be worked on. Um, but he's still a young player, you know, and injuries can stymie growth. You know, you have to be out there. Uh, To get better. Right. So um, I I just I was more surprised that he got the start than that, uh, that he didn't play so great. Um, And hopefully that improves. Right. You know, we want to cheer for this team. We don't want to just, you know, complain about the bad things. Right. So hopefully things change. But but if not, you know, we have to look at our defense next year, you know, and see see what's going on. But, you know, and, you know, while we're on the subject, you know, Dre with that that missed pick. I mean, you're talking about playing through injury. Is that why he's a half a step late there and he, and he misses it by an inch? Could be.
1: Yeah, it could. Chris in the chat said, anyone see that screen to Jones where three offensive linemen in the open field completely missed every defender? What happened to Green Bay Packers being good at screens? Screen game hasn't been there all year long, Chris. I, I know exactly what you're saying, man. It's uh, It's been off all year long. Uh, Doug says, defending Stokes a bit, a DB that hasn't played in six weeks. And you start him, in my opinion, you have to transition a DB to game speed. That's exactly what Tim was pretty much saying right there. Agree with that. Uh, Ron in the chat says, what were Joe Barry and Jerry Gray's differences with the coverages? I, I didn't think they had differences with the coverage. The only thing I remember hearing, now he left, obviously. He left and went to Atlanta. And we knew there was something there, right? There's a reason he had to leave and go. Now, I think, did he get promoted to assistant? coach or something it seems like there was some kind of promotion slightly Mm -hmm. higher than the Packers um, were you know he he currently his current position on the Packers but anyway the Miami game last year the players Rasul came out and said that Jerry Gray was in the locker room and you know they came out and played lots out in the second half there on Christmas Day I think it was and they ran away with uh, that that win there in Miami it helped that Tua went out but they still won the game um, he he spilled the beans, he being Rasul, and said Jerry Gray basically got in everybody's face in the locker room. The players, I didn't hear anything said that he got into it with Joe Barry. It sounded like Jerry Gray went to the players and was like, what the heck are y'all doing? Like you're not playing the scheme. You're you're out here freelancing. And then, of course, lit a little fire on them. They came out in the second half and they won. Many people looked at it like Jerry Gray left because of Joe Barry. I kind of looked at it like Jerry Gray was frustrated with the players. So just because of that Miami game. Again, I'm not in the building. I don't know for sure. So, um, you know, it is what it is there. So let's see. uh, Adam in the chat said, if dude is too injured to play, then he doesn't play. These teams have medical staff for physical and mental. Yeah, that's what they're on the payroll for, man. But I I don't know how these guys get back out there if they're not 100%, you know. Uh, Mark in the chat says seven first round draft picks on that defense, and they play like a JV team. And that's where you got to put some blame on Barry and Goody. You know, when you when we say that, Mark, seven first round. I've heard it said as nine. I've heard people say eight. It's amazing how the name fluctuates around. I'm I'm a, I'm agreeing with you, uh, assuming that that is the correct number. Okay. Now we know there weren't seven first rounders on the field. Let's pretend like they were and they underperformed just because someone's a first round pick doesn't mean they're a good football
0: player. Right. I mean, it's just, doesn't it doesn't even mean they can play in the NFL. Right.
1: And, and in some cases, like the way the Packers draft, they go high ceiling in the first round. And then the second round, they kind of bring it down a touch. And then the third round, what the analytics are showing is they're going high ceiling again. That's why Goody made the comment that it, pretty much every third rounder he's taken has been in their top 100 or top 50 is what he said, top 50. And immediately everybody goes, and we might want to readjust this top 50 then. Like, what, what are we doing here if we're missing on so many third-rounders? Because they, I think they're kind of going back to the well going, all right, high-development, high-development guy right here. It's worth taking a shot there in the third round. Um, again, though, not being in the war room, you don't know for sure. But, uh, yeah, as far as the first-round pick, so it doesn't mean that they're good players. And that's where people, they're looking at Joe Barry and all these defensive coaches and going, well, you got all these first-rounders. They should be good, theoretically speaking, yes. But, you know, remember Justin Harrell? First round pick Ted Thompson made he was booty cheeks, right? Remember Nick Perry, first round pick, edge defender out of USC, cheeks. Out of the the second he left the Packers, he he like hit on one team and then he was out of the league, right? Remember Kevin King, right? You remember yep, Demarius yep. Randall? Yep. You could go on and on and on. Um, it doesn't mean that you know they're slam dunks. Now you should have a higher percentage chance of hitting on those. It's amazing how when, Goody's, when when Goody swings and misses on a first-round pick, it's everybody misses, right? Everybody misses. That's what people say. When other people swing swing and hit in the first round like the Jets did with Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner, it's, well, they're high first-round picks. Of course they're going to be good. It's like, come on, guys. We got to be – you can't be that that much of – I don't want to say Homer, but, you know, Fairweather fan and – there's, there's a select group of the fan base that thinks Goody makes no mistakes, zero mistakes, none. He is the man. And you've got others that refer to them as Goot Lickers, right? <laughs> and then you've got people that will not give Goody any credit when he hits on a draft pick, makes a good signing, all these things, and, uh, and vice versa. It's just know it gets really toxic. Paul Robertson says, consistency, consistency, consistency. That's what's lacking the sign of a young, banged-up team. Yeah, there's a lot of truth there, Paul. But I got to be honest, man. That's not a uh, that's not a popular talking point. That <laughs> nobody wants to hear excuses, right? Um, but they they are, man. They're banged up and they're very young. There's no doubt about it. And then Kristen in the chat said, "What happened with the defensive room? They they went from two huge wins to not wanting to play for them two weeks later. Um, something happened, man. It's sure, what it feels like? Injuries, of course, they're playing a role." Um, let's just do this. That's a good segue. Let's talk about, well, Chris in the chat said, Nick Perry was cheeks. He could play football around me in my sleep or he could play football around me in his sleep, Chris, but you're right, man. It just didn't pan out, buddy. Um, So you talk about the locker room, Matt Schneidman had, first of all, let's just kind of go through here. Here are the people who have, openly said they think something's going on with Jair behind the scenes and with the coaching staff, okay? Those people are Jason Wildy, Mark Tauscher, Rob Domofsky, Gary Ellerson, okay? That's two former players and two media members. And now Matt Schneidman has come out on his show and made comments as well. He's the one who asked um, the question in the presser, right, um, I'm trying to think of how he asked it, um, but he essentially asked about Jair's injury. And Matt LaFleur said, yeah, we we miscalculated his injury, is essentially what he said, right? So you miscalculate the injury, immediately you think, okay, that explains everything, right? This was Matt Schneiden on his on the Matt Schneiden Show. And again, this was on uh, the Matt, Matt Schneiden Show, 97.3, great podcast. Matt Schneidman is one of the best followers on Twitter. Great dude. Does a good job covering the team. He's not a Packer fan, so you're going to get a non-biased – if I if I was covering the Packers, I'm just being honest, you would be getting a very, very, very biased reporting because <laughs> I'm a huge Packers fan. I'm not afraid to say that. So I respect people who are willing to kind of step up and, uh, and admit, hey, look, I'm not a Packers fan. I'm just covering the team. I think he does a good job. This was like the last minute of like a 10-minute segment. Obviously, we don't want to play the whole thing. Go give it a like. Go give it a, a, a retweet. Go find them on YouTube. Follow them, all that good stuff. We want to make sure that they get credit and their channel yeah. gets bumped for this because they do a great job. But listen to how he words this at the end, and I want you to think about everyone else that's reporting on this as well. Here we go. Because I will
3: say this. If he is, he wouldn't be the first. It has happened before but I am not accusing him of doing it, but it has happened. Before. People think he's just boycotting Joe Barry and people say they don't blame him for that. <laughs> um, I'll end it on this. As I've said on multiple other shows on this station, people were wondering why I wrote just a fact of the matter. Here are the facts story after he didn't travel to the giants game. And Matt LaFleur said it was strictly because they wanted him to recover from his injury a certain way. I'll say what I, Said on Mike Heller's show, I'll say what I said on 9 to noon. There's a reason I wrote that story. Just maybe bookmark that one. Hmm. Book- it's been a good Monday. Consider here on the it. Matt show. All right. One more time. So, Consider it. Book- said it was strict story. People were wondering why I wrote just a fact of the matter, here are the facts story after he didn't travel to the Giants game. And Matt LaFleur said it was strictly because they wanted him to recover from his injury a certain way. I'll say what I said on Mike Heller's show. I'll say what I said on 9 to Noon. There's a reason I wrote that story. Just maybe bookmark that one. All right. So essentially that
1: conversation was talking about Jair may be traded at the end of the year, okay? That was kind of the basis of the conversation. So now Matt Schneidman has put his name on it and said, there's a reason I wrote that story. The only thing that that can mean, guys and gals, is someone in the building, player, I don't think it was a coach, unless it's a coach that's disgruntled. Someone in the building told Matt Schneidman there's something else to it. Okay? Now, whether he got good information or not, I believe Matt Schneidman's telling the truth. There's many people saying he's lying about it. I think he's telling the truth. question is, is it good information? Is there something legitimately there? um for me man you know we now have two former players and now three beat reporters reporting on this this feels a lot like the aaron Rodgers brian gutikas feud that can i be honest with you guys i said was bs that's just them stirring this stuff up there ain't nothing there you kidding me when when, uh, God, who's the guy that used to be here? He, he does a lot of stuff with Tyler Dunn now. Mm. Bob McGinn. When Bob McGinn released the article that said there, uh, you know, everyone in green, not everyone, but people in the front office are done with Aaron Rodgers. They're moving on with Jordan Love. This was before Aaron got out of the darkness retreat. I went, you know what I said? That's BS. That's BS. Yep. They waited until yep. he got in the darkness retreat to do it. And then guess what happened? Aaron's side of the story, he gets out of the darkness retreat, checks his phone, and what does his phone say? Hey, guys, just just to let you know, the Packers called. They're they're shopping you. They're trying to trade you. This was after when he went into the darkness retreat. He told Goody, hey, look, I need time. And Goody said, take all the time you want. If you want to come back, you can come back. And the second he stepped in the darkness retreat, Goody started shopping him. Like, and, and I know you got the FaceTime and this and that and all the – we couldn't get a hold of him. Um, to me, think about this too, Tim. Rasul on Twitter, when all this was going on that Rodgers was going to be traded to the Jets before it was a done deal, Rasul basically tagged uh, Aaron in a tweet and said something mm-hmm. about, come on back, 12, come on back. Right? Who got traded?
0: Yep.
1: Both <laughs> of just, them. There's a. We are sitting in an open field right now, and there is smoke all around us. And some people are continuing to refuse to acknowledge that there's a fire burning somewhere. <laughs> like when you talk about the locker room, you talk about losing the locker room. Um, when we said this about the Rasul Douglas trade and I got raked over the coals for it, and that's okay if you're gonna have an opinion, which I try to remove my opinion, it is impossible to do a podcast and remove your opinion, right? But when I when I when I gave my opinion on the Rasul thing, I said, Man, you you take the leader of the locker room and you traded him. He is the highest-graded defensive back in that locker room. Now he's the, according to PFF, the most valuable cornerback in the entire National Football League, and you trade him. You do it in a way that when he found out, from what I understand, they called him. They didn't get him into the office and do it face-to-face. People said, we wasn't in the building. Okay, when Aaron Jones found out immediately, they said, yeah, he's down in, this, he's down in the sauna right now. So he was in the building really, really quick if he wasn't in the building exactly at the moment. Aaron Jones goes down, and they said that Rasul was at his locker bawling like a baby, and Aaron Jones went to him because, like, Aaron Jones is, like, the offensive leader of the team. Rasul was the defensive leader of the team, and there were people doing victory laps because the team played well the week or two after it, saying, I thought I thought they're supposed to ruin the culture. What happened? Here we are, folks. The, the culture is never an issue when you're winning. The culture only rears its ugly head when the team's lose.
0: so cue, cue the Mike Daniels tweet. Exactly. I'll say, it, I'll say it again. Yep. Right. And, again,
1: I try not to provide this as an opinion or try to sway anyone else's. What we want this show to be is your opinion is welcome, and we want to hear your opinion if you bring it in a respectful way. If you bring it in a way that you want to dunk on someone when you're correct or you're wanting to disrespect people, that's not going to last two seconds in the chat. It's not going to last two seconds on Twitter. I'm blocking you. Life is too short to argue with people I will never meet face to face that damn sure wouldn't say it to your face when they take the personal shots at you. I'm mean, just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I would rather try to build people up than tear people down or get into arguments with people. So just want to put that out there too. But um, I don't know, man. I trust Matt Schneidman in this case. Rob Demosky, Jason Wilde, Mark Tauscher, Gary Ellerson, Matt Schneibin. Uh, you ask Jair, and what did Jair say? I don't talk to the coach much. You don't talk to your coach much. Like, what What are we doing here? So, there you go. Um, yep. Yep. Just wanted to hit on that because we were talking about the defense and, and, you know, them playing so bad and this and that. And what's crazy is Joe Barry sitting there just taking it all on the chin. I don't mean to laugh because it's not funny. But, boys, <laughs> there's something else going on in this organization, and it's not just Joe Barry. Now, is Joe Barry helping the situation? I'm going to say this really clear. Absolutely not. He is not a good D.C. Said it all year long. There are better options. I guarantee it. I just couldn't get on board with, hey, we need to fire this guy when we were a top ten scoring defense. And if we were – if we jumped up in the top five and you got boat raced by one team, I'm still going to be on board with, hey, are we sure we want to make a change here because the name of the game is preventing points. Um, But everybody's opinions are strong. This is what makes pro football so great though, is having these conversations as long as they're respectful, I've got at least a half a dozen DMs in the last 48 hours, and it's been hard to respond because I flew into town and all that, but I'm getting back to them that have apologized to me for the way they responded to Joe Barry tweets this year. Wow. Not that they, Yeah, yeah, not not that wow. they not that they now agree with me. That's not the point, right? That's not what they're doing, so I don't, don't want to mislead you. But just saying, hey, man, I overreacted. I'm sorry about that. I'm like, hey, dude, it's cool. No, man, it's cool. I wish
0: I got those DMs, Clayton. <laughs> it's uh I, i've gotten to a couple that were kind of the opposite <laughs> and
1: you know I, I don't think i i have a reason to apologize to anyone else what i'll never do is jump on someone else's twitter or in the chat and try to try to disrespect someone but if you disrespect me man i'm gonna meet you at the door i'm sorry i'm gonna yep. you're either gonna get blocked or i'm gonna tell you what i feel about you and then we'll be done it's that, it's that simple right and but, we're talking um, about
0: disrespect not disagreeing the, there's exactly. two different things here. You know, we, you and I disagree uh, a lot of the times, we're probably like 50 50 on most things. Sometimes we see it eye yeah. to eye, sometimes we don't. And we're on yeah. every day and we don't, right. we don't have a problem with each other. So, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, right, Clay? Yeah. The
1: only stuff that I've, only significant improvement I've made as a fan and learning about the game is coming from other people who disagree. I'm just being real. And me being willing to stop for saying, okay, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm off on this. That's what I was trying to do with the Jair thing on Twitter. Boy, that backfired. Look, like, dang, okay, you guys, this is. When I tweeted. I said it's weird. It's weird how you're not allowed to ask how long has his Instagram been like this, and people get mad. It's like you guys are kind of you're up there with the Swifties and that cult thing right now. I got to be real with you. Like, chill out. It's okay to ask questions.
0: Well, That's, we come. We come from a position of trying to look at things. Um, like from the logic standpoint, right. We're trying to, you know, you see it, you got to say it. We want to understand it. Um, yeah, we are emotionally attached to the team cause we're fans, but there's other, there's other people in the world that they operate the opposite. The logic and the facts come later. First is the vitriol and the hate and the emotion. And, um, you know, it's just hard to keep all of that, um, in perspective when, when it's frustrating, your team's losing games, they should be winning, right? I mean, it, we all agree on that. We all agree that that's frustrating. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, Clayton. One thing I, I, I can't stand to see is Packer fans tearing each other down because that right like, if yes. you wanna if you wanna just argue and complain and point fingers all day, go go root for the Bears. I said it yesterday, I'll say yeah. it again. That that's that franchise, that's what they do there. Right. Every year is gonna be their year, except it isn't, and every year it's fire this guy and self implode argue with each other, dude, we as Packer fans have got to do better. I mean, it's okay to disagree, man, but I don't want to, I don't want to tear into anybody personally. Right. Like that's not what this is about.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it was Doug, Doug here in the chat was the one who texts me with that Schneidman uh, interview or, or uh podcast link. So thank you so much, Doug. Doug says Matt Schneidman lays out the hypothetical that Jaws agent can shop him in trade talks with the excuse. It was difference. Differences with Joe Barry. Could be using as an excuse. Got you. Chris in the chat says Clayton, if all this is true, Goot has way too massive an ego to make sound decisions for the benefit of the organization. You know, Chris, I can understand how you can draw that conclusion. I think overall Goot's done a good job. Uh, The issue I have more, more so is with the people who, if you say anything negative about Goot or point out a flaw or point out something that went wrong, you're just – you get absolutely demolished because no one's allowed to say anything negative about Brian Gudikins. This draft class this year, he crushed it. Yep. I mean, he yep. absolutely crushed this draft class. So, you know, he's done a lot of good things. You know, immediately they go to the Devondre Campbell thing, right? Like Devondre Campbell is the the, the good signing by, you know, Goody. What about Hillman and Rasul? He tore the Rasul one back down to get a third-round pick. Traded a, traded a fifth in Rasul for a third to get rid of our best DB, who was under contract, very reasonably under contract, $9 million next year against the cap for the best corner in the game right now. The fact that people are still okay with that blows my mind. Like, so what you're saying then, we're not competing next year. We're not competing next year. I am not cool with an organization making a decision that basically tells your fans, your locker room, everyone, hey, guys, you know what? We're we're not even halfway through this season yet and we're not competing next year either. I have a problem with that. That's the old John Madden approach of the second that you're not playing to win every single game, we don't have yep. a game yep. anymore. You know? Yep. Um so I do have an issue with that. As far as his ego, I, I think Chris, I don't think it's I don't think it's his ego. I think it's he's he's trying to make the best decision for the organization long term. And you see he didn't you're seeing now why he and Aaron Rodgers butted heads, right? Aaron was, I want to win now. We want to win now. We want to win now. And Goody is thinking, let's look down, down the road a little bit. Um, now, the Jordan Love thing, man, told you guys, unless something goes catastrophically wrong down the stretch with his play, I think we've got our quarterback in the future. I believe that. I really do. And I could be wrong. I could be looking up halfway through next year, and you guys are dunking on me for that comment, showing this clip right now. But
0: um, I'm – with what I've seen right now. I've been now. saying that for two years, though, so I look dumber. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but you know, I was the one talking during training camp that he's the dude.
1: <laughs> right, right. It's true. It's true. And it took me a while to come around. But, uh, again, all year long I have said we need a full year, guys. we got to see him for a full year. I'm glad we did that. You know how bad it would suck if – let's say Jordan is the guy, right? Jordan's a great quarterback moving forward. and he's, he's a legit top ten quarterback moving forward. Let's say that's the case. Maybe even top five. Who knows? imagine if we would have benched him for Clifford at the halfway point and then let him walk in free agency and he signs with someone else and goes on to be a top 10 quarterback. God, that would be horrible. But instead we take the approach of, we got another year under contract. We get to evaluate him for a whole nother year. If we're not ready to give him a book right now. And then we can also draft and develop another quarterback. If we think, if we're not sure he is the guy, Oh, by the way, if he is the guy, don't be surprised if they draft him because they drafted Brian Brom in the second round when they had Aaron Rodgers at start. So this whole idea that there's no chance that we draft a quarterback high in the draft is just, it's, it's absolutely mind boggling. So um, there you go. All right, let's see here. Number one Packer fan in the chat says there could be more, uh, more to it uh, from Jair's side of things, but I still think the injury is legit. I can't see him signing an extension and then boycotting, because of the type of competitor he is. I agree with that, number one Packer fan. That's the thing, too. Rob Domofsky, what his comment was on the situation was, there is a legit shoulder injury, and Jair has problems with the organization. Both can be true, right? I know that's not that's not a sexy argument or a sexy conversation, but both of those things could be true. That's what I was telling you this morning when I tweeted back at you, Tim, was like, sounds like Rob Domofsky was spot on. There is a legitimate injury he's still dealing with, but he does have problems with the organization behind the scenes, too. Um, That's what it seems like. And then Matt Schneiman, of course, when when Matt Schneiman said, might want to bookmark that with him not traveling, and this is kind of what Doug talks about right here. He goes back to it. He says, putting it back together for everyone, the Jair not traveling to New York is what happened between the win over KC and the New York debacle. So riding that high through the KC win, all of a sudden Jair doesn't travel, and then you come out in New York and you get smacked in the mouth, last week you get smacked in the mouth. Not trying to put the blame on Jair. It's not what I'm doing here. It's just, that can really upset a locker room if there is something. And, and it's not that the the teammates are looking up going, man, we want Jair. This is crap that 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 the he's having a problem with the coaches. Guys, conversations happen behind the scenes. I know we like to pretend like they don't, but they do. These players are communicating behind the scenes. You guys remember the whole report that there was a text thread with with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in them, and they they referred to uh, Brian Gutekinds as Jerry Krause, the guy who basically tore apart yeah. the Chicago Bears dynasty. I personally believe that wasn't as cut and dry that it happened the way that the media reported it, but that's just another example of there were conversations going on behind the scenes, maybe not as, bro- as broad as all the players in a text thread making fun of the general manager, but. There was definitely, uh, but see if, that,
0: if that's what it is, then that's where that stuff should stay. If you're in a private thread with your boys and you want to vent about your your manager at work, that's one thing. But if you come into work and air those grievances in a public domain and then say, okay, you guys, you guys figure out what I mean by this, that's a different story. So, and I yeah. think to Jaws' credit, um, you know, throughout this, I don't think that uh, he's been overly uh, boisterous about that, about his feelings. I think he's been kind of poked and prodded by the, by the press crew and, um, you know, makes some comments sometimes when you, when it's frustrating that you're, you know, not on the field. And, you know, quite frankly, as we've heard from our coach that they, they misread this, this injury, not, you know, I don't know. I don't want to read too much into that, what the specifics of that means, but it sounds like they thought he'd be able to go sooner and he wasn't. And he played against the Rams and we had, uh, I believe it was the Rams game, Rams or uh, Chargers game. And then we had a setback, and now we haven't seen them since. So, you know, I yeah. don't know, man. But I'm with you, Clayton. Where, where there's smoke, there's there's clearly fire. So something's going on. Definitely.
1: We'll end it in the chat. I was going to play Matt LaFleur's presser, but essentially what Matt said was what other people are saying, too, that, you know, this communication problems. If I felt like firing Joe Barry right now would fix the problem, I would do it. But Yep. They, You know, if the players are not communicating, the players are not playing their zones right. If the players are not playing schematically sound, it doesn't mean that Joe Barry is exonerated and he's a great DC. It just simply means hiring a new DC isn't going to fix the problem down the stretch here. I think what Matt said in a nice way was he's probably talked to Joe Barry. This is me. I haven't heard this within the building or anything. I'm just saying my opinion. He probably talked to Joe Barry and he's like, "Listen, dude, this is we're going to part ways at the end of the year." I could see that being the case, and it's we're going to finish this year out. And everything he said was true. People are saying Matt LaFleur is lying. He's covering for his boy. He's not lying. Go watch the tape. Yep. What he said is accurate. But you didn't hear him say, Joe Barry's a great DC. I'm keeping it, did you? Sometimes it's what That's people right. don't cover.
0: That's you know? right. He didn't go out of his way to defend him. You know. I thought he kind of would, maybe, you know, because they're they are close and all that, but
1: he didn't. Let's finish up you in know. the chat here. Sam H in the chat said Douglas is helping Buffalo quite a bit. He sure is, buddy. It's hard to see, man. Um, it, it is hard to see. Uh let's see. Adam Block in the chat says, I'm still okay with the Rasul trade. Secondary is more than a player away. Um, I think that's a fair argument. Um, you know, it is more than a player away. I think we would all agree with that, but uh that's that is one player that you could have kind of built the defense around for the next three years, you know. That's the issue I have with it. And at least for the next year, you know, we're kind of taking that approach now of kind of like we did on offense. We don't need any veterans. just We'll just put a bunch of young guys in there and they can grow together. Um, you're seeing the offense come out the other side there, and it happened a lot quicker than I thought it would. So that's, uh, that's, that's a good thing, right? Yep. Um, let's see here. Doug in the chat uh, said, at uh, DaveMX6, I think the defense is rebelling against Goot's decision with Rasul and now Ja pretty heavy-handed. Um I think that's the smoke we're all kind of kind of referring to that may be out there. I hope it's not the case, but that's definitely the talking point right now for sure. Donovan has a very original comment here. He says, can I get a Joe, fire Joe Barry? There you go. All right, we got our first fire Joe Barry of the day. Uh, Sam H., uh, J. Love looks like the future, no doubt. I completely agree. Um, I think it, barring any catastrophic setback here down the stretch of these last, last few games, I think we may have a quarterback in the future for sure. Um, let's see. Nick explained in the chat said, feel like we shouldn't make character judgments based on things that happen with the team. You should never make anything personal, man. You know, like, well, I don't know if you guys have seen this. I think it's what, uh, Rashad Mendenhall. You seen that on Twitter, Tim?
0: Oh man, dude. Wow. Listen, what a a joke.
1: We're not going to get into the comment, the details of what he said, but I'll just say this. He made a pretty racist remark. And people of his race are basically letting him know about it. So, it's like, man, you uh, obviously just wanted to be hated today. So, let's uh, (laughs) – and, dude, I got to be honest with you guys. The Packers responded – the Packer fans responded to the tweet, which is simple pictures of him fumbling in the Super Bowl. That's the perfect (laughs) way to handle it, (laughs) boys. You guys – y'all slapped him without saying – you. I mean, you literally – they demolished This you? This you? Yeah, what, what isn't this you? And the Steelers fans were doing it. Steelers. My favorite
0: one was the one where they he said champion and he was holding up the the AFC championship trophy. <laughs> they were like, "That's not a Super Bowl, bro."
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, number it. one, Packer fan. Now, see, we're going to be on here long now because of this right here, Tim. If you got to go, you just go. I, I'm I'm stuck in the hotel. Mandy and her family are out at the at the parks right now here in Disney and everything, so I'm going to be here all day. I might do four podcasts today. I don't know. Um, <laughs> number one Packer fan said Devondre Campbell just took a full-on shot at Joe Barry, LOL. Wow. Um, and like Donovan said, what did Dre say? I'm trying to comb through here, Tim, and and see. He may be referring to what we just talked about. Yeah, too. I think he's talking about
0: what we recovered earlier. Okay, got gotcha. Um,
1: Keep your eye on the chat. If you see something there, Tim, let me know. Uh, Doug in the chat says, Wilde reported he spoke with someone in the building that there is a specific shoulder joint problem with Jair. There you go. Um, Makes sense. And then Wilde said that as a guest on a radio show at a casino sports book last night. I don't know what that means, but anyway. All right. Got you, man. All right. Let's uh let's wrap it up. I was trying to see not a popular day. Okay, yeah, we'll just go ahead and wrap it up, guys. Eric, We're all Eric right.
0: Sutherland with another jam, uh, another gem. Oh no,
1: where's Sutherland
0: at? Ten oh six or nine oh six? Well, whatever time you're on. What time are you in right now? <laughs> there it is. There we go. There Eric's it is.
1: Sutherland. Go ahead, Tim. Read it.
0: <laughs> I think new owners would help a lot. <laughs> what are you trying to say, man?
1: Tim. This We're guy not, trying to I would not take arm, that personally, honesty, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> I always got cracked up at that conversation, both sides of the argument, man. Because you've got people outside of Green Bay fan, you know that that aren't Green Bay fans are like these idiots. They got scammed into buying a piece of paper and they think they own the team. And I'm like, a hey, knucklehead. Nobody thinks they own the team. We embrace that the the history of the fact that the 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 community and the fan base has always been there for the organization. Right, and been yep, willing to yep. donate. It's a donation for a piece of memorabilia, is what it is,
0: right? That, and that's right, and yeah. it's what kept Green Bay here. The, the, the reason we have a football team this could have been yeah. over a hundred years ago before he even started.
1: too. Because, like, Mike Florio is the main one that trumpets that and makes fun of Packer fans for it. And oh. I, this is what I cracked, I responded to him one time, he blocked me pretty quick, but uh, I responded and said, Uh, so you're saying. Fans shouldn't be able to voluntarily donate to their team so they can get facilities updated, a better pro shop, things like that. But it's okay for your Minnesota Vikings, because he's a big Vikings fan, to tax the hell out of their citizens and make them pay for the stadium. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. What yeah. are we even doing here? What are we doing? So, all right, I want to give a shout out to uh, our sponsor real quick before we go. Um, let's see here. BetUS is the official sports book. Of Packers Total Access. Appreciate them jumping on board. If you want to support the show and get an awesome sports book, um, if you'll click on the link in the description of this video here on YouTube, that'll tie you directly to Packers Total Access. And you can go to BetUS and register for free on their website and create an account. It's a really, really cool setup. Um, I've actually switched all of my bookie, uh, all of my, my sports book stuff over to them. I'm no longer using I won't. I won't name drop the others, but I'm no longer using them because BetUS jumped on board with us. It's just a way that you guys can support the show through uh, BetUS. You know, yesterday um, we we hit on the day before with the k and under, right? You guys know I like, I like betting under prop bets, right? We hit on the K dot. And yesterday we found two. We we said they weren't as slam dunk as the K dot. Nothing's a slam dunk. First of all, I never gamble anything that you can't afford to lose. You plan on losing every dime that you gamble. That's the way I gamble. Okay. Um, when we, when we went to the K dot and under, we hit on it, right? It was like under two and a half catches, whatever it was. I think he had two catches. So we hit on that one. We hit on our first one yesterday. I suggested Jalen hurts under eight and a half uh, yards or under eight and a half carries, right? PFF Edge had it two of three bars full at 8.7%. Okay, so understand the Kate Otten bet was a full three bars. So this was a little more of a risky bet. The other one I did was Gainwell receptions, right? Under one and a half receptions. Also mention if you couple those two together in a prop bet, it would get you plus 235. Well, Jalen Hurts ended up with 12 carries. So we missed on that one. But the gain well only had one target and didn't even have one catch, so we hit on the game well. So if you did, you know, bundle it up, then you obviously missed on that little two-leg parlay. But if you just went single individual bets, you hit one of two. So now, since doing this and Bet US coming on board with us, we're now two of three on our recommendations. So again, that's Bet US. Um, you can, if you were to, were to have clicked on that, this is what their interface looks like. Really user-friendly, really cool setup. That's BetUS, America's favorite sports book. Now the official sports book of Packers Total Access, celebrating their 30th year in business, been around since 1994. So appreciate them sponsoring the show. They are absolutely awesome. Look forward to, uh, many, many more years of that sponsorship. So Tim, parting thoughts, but let's get out of here.
0: Uh, I hope these guys get it together, um, sometimes when there's adversity within a locker room that, that kind of, this kind of nonsense, you know, this may be an overly positive look at this, but sometimes this crap can bond a team too, you know, can, and, yeah. uh, and hopefully that's what the case is because, you know, I know we're, we're talking technicalities here, but we're not, technically we're not dead yet. So, you know, one game at a time, we we've heard the one and all mentality referred to, Previously this year, I'd like to hear it again. Um, you know, let's let's try and forget these two losses here, and let's go let's go beat a team that we we should absolutely destroy. I mean, let's be honest, and I don't care if it's a close game or not. We should win this ball game um, on Sunday, and if we do, there's still hope, and that's all we can hold on to right now because that's all that's in front of us is this next game that we have. So I'm hoping um, through all of this crap that these guys find a way to play together and get out there and execute. Um, but, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be an uphill battle and an interesting ride. So, uh, I'm ready for it clay. Let's, uh, let's get ready to do more chalk talk. Let's get ready to break down film. Um, and, uh, hope for the best here, um, with, with all of this. Cause honestly, I hate it. I hate this crap. This is not, this is, this is bad. This is bad for any organization and, um, especially our beloved green Bay Packers. So hopefully, uh, you know, hey, we we talked about this early in the year. You know, Matt LaFleur said this was going to be a player led team. And um right. I guess my my response is okay, guys, let's let's go right now then. Let's step up. Rashawn Gary, let's step up. Um, you know, whoever this is, who Preston Smith, veterans on that side of the ball. You know, I understand Dre Campbell's frustrated, that's where the tweet came from. But he also yeah. has the ability to walk into that facility and rally the troops too. So Hopefully they just focus on what's the most important and it's what you can control. And the only thing you can control right now is beating Carolina. So put all your effort into that and see what happens.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Um, Jim in the chat says, Hey, leave us owners alone. <laughs> I love it. Owner on owner crime over here, man. For sure. Derek K in the chat said uh, posse rock in the house. Chris says, Derek, every time you say that I sing in my head, John Deere green on a hot summer night. <laughs> and then uh, Derek K says, Love Charlene. So let's go ahead and hit it for him one time as we exit the building here.
0: In John Deere Green. On a hot summer night, he row Billy Bob Love Charlene.
1: <laughs> you love it. You love to see it. All right, guys, we're out of here. If you would, hit that like button for us on your way out. That will help other people What's
0: big A.J. Dillon thumbs up? Yes, there you go.
1: That Thumbs um, up. If you hit that like button for us, it'll help other Packer fans find this channel, find this uh, this type of content. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Tim, I may put chalk talk together. I don't know, man. I wasn't I was going to do it on the road with this setup. Um, I don't know how glitchy it's going to be. It may be something if we set it up, we get in here, it goes glitchy, we just stop the broadcast. Maybe everyone <laughs> would understand that. I don't know, but I didn't want to put anybody through that. It could work, too. It's just I'm drawing on a screen like this as a opposed to a screen like this. <laughs> so could make things <laughs> difficult. We may, we may do it though. We'll see what happens. But again, thank you guys so much. We'll be back tonight. Definitely. Whether we do chalk talk or not, um, it'll be PTA live at uh seven central eight Eastern. And uh, look forward to chatting uh, more Packer football with you guys. Maybe we'll get some more answers by the end of the day. We'll see. Um, but hopefully uh, kind of hold everything together, you know, as far as Dre on Twitter and all that stuff. So uh, I like Dre too, man. Well, and that's the other thing. It hurts. I'm trying to end the show here. I'm saying something else. Our Walter Payton man of the year, you know, it's like, ah, he's such yeah, a good guy. Like a dude's, you know, that's where you're like,
0: well, that's is- where you're like, this has got to be, there's got to be truth in this. Strong. Right. Yeah. Because right. Dre's not
1: the guy. Here's the thing too. If you look in the comments, everybody's saying this is Joe Barry's fault. I just looked and it's just all, this is all Joe Barry's fault. So Joe Barry <laughs> continues to take it on the shins he's what dre's talking about according to some fans you guys heard kind of my opinion i think it goes deeper than that i don't think it's any one person i think it's just hey look he was asked to play hurt and it didn't work out now he's getting raked over the coals by fans and uh and probably got a bad negative uh, film review too and uh man i sure missed the hell out of rasul douglas but there you go that pretty much sums it up for me y'all have a great day we'll see you tonight god bless as always let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world go back up